Well, hello, my wonderful friends, all the TV channeling fans and everybody else. I can't imagine that you would not be listening if you weren't a fan, but welcome. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my name is Tachi and we are TV channeling and I'm here with my fantastic co-host. Co-host, who are you? I am Kevin and I am here and ready to get into our 28th episode of tv channeling can you believe it tachi wow we are at that stage when we need to start getting serious about things that's what happens when you're about to turn 30 well i can't believe it i believe we actually have more episodes than game of thrones Mm. which is pretty impressive i think we've done it for almost half of the budget ladies and gentlemen here we go well i mean we don't have a dragon so that's that that shaved off a lot of the cost right there he is going to continue to throw shade until this bloody show comes back in 2019. Well, I, I'll, be, I'll be throwing shade apparently until April of 2019 because that is when Game of Thrones will return. It's going to be a long, almost two years for TV <laughs> Anyway, I'm not happy. But anyway, but that's not important right now. What's important is what's going on in the world of entertainment. Oh, lots of stuff is going on. So, um... Rather than hearing Kevin bitch about Game of Thrones, let's talk about some other bitching that's going on. Um, Kevin, have you heard about the uh, feud between Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall? Oh, my God. Now, yes, I have heard about that feud. And sorry, Betty and Joan, there's a new feud in Hollywood. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Murphy, start working on it ASAP. (laughs) It's going to be good. All right. So a little bit of background. For those of you who don't know, um, recently there had been talk about a potential Sex in the City 3 movie in the works. But there was a mysterious holdup. And SJP was in the news actually speaking about like how she was excited about the script and it was a really incredible story. And she's hoping that fans will get a chance to see it. But there was some kind of mysterious holdup and nobody knew what it was. But then something got leaked to the press that that holdup was supposedly Kim Cattrall wanting not only more sweet, sweet cash, but she also wanted apparently a movie deal to uh, star in other films besides the Sex and the City franchise. And when word of this leaked out, it was kind of like what happens when somebody says something that isn't absolutely glowing about Beyonce. The beehive pounced. And Kim Cattrall was like, oh no, I am not in this. Not only did I not say anything bad about Queen Bee. I didn't agree to be in Sex and the City 3. That is a part of my past. I have no interest in doing any Sex and the City movies. I am out. And um, so the feud started to heat up with that again. Because behind the scenes, there's always been talk about the fact that they were not cool with each other. And that catty stuff had happened uh, between the two of them. So you think that that's the end of it, right? But it's not yeah. because what no. uh, sadly Kim Cattrall's brother uh, was missing a few weeks ago and she put it on social media if anybody had seen her brother to like, you know, put up, p- put pictures out there. And it turned out, unfortunately, that her brother had in fact died. And so 
uh, Sarah Jessica Parker actually put up this statement on Instagram. Dearest Kim, my love and condolences to you and yours and Godspeed to your beloved brother, XX. Why'd you have to do that, Tachi? So what was Kim Cattrall's gracious acceptance of these condolences? Well, it wasn't thank you. It wasn't hugs in parentheses. <laughs> she didn't do OO back? No, no, not at all. I, you would have thought. Now, okay, let's go back a little bit before I give the response. Let's go back a little bit and talk about this whole concept of uh, besides the money, there was this whole, I don't know if it was rumor, if it was substantiated, this whole mean girls culture that was on set where it was Cynthia Nixon and Sarah Jessica Parker and, oh gosh, who's the one that played Charlotte? I can't remember the actress who played Charlotte's name either, but yes, okay. Charlotte. The, the, so the actress the other, It was played... basically the other three against Kim Cattrall, according to uh, um, sources, unnamed sources. Yes, exactly. Unnamed sources. And then apparently they had like some kind of, they were staying some trip or something somewhere. And oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, they were they were actually uh, during the run of the show. There was a, a part of the show that was where they were doing an episode that took place in New Jersey. And so when they were filming in New Jersey, uh, apparently Sarah Jessica Parker rented a fabulous house for uh she and Cynthia Nixon and the actress who played Charlotte, whose name we can't remember to, to save our lives, uh, to stay in. And she did not extend an invitation to Kim Cattrall. Now, when word of that leaked out that it's like you're not offering your other castmate to stay in your... Oh, well, the, I thought because Kim Cattrall was married at the time that she would want to get a place to stay with her husband or something. So yes. you wouldn't even offer and then let her make the let her make the call. That's what oh, I'm saying. You know oh, you're Tashi, wrong for I that. didn't invite you to my barbecue because I thought that you were allergic to mosquitoes. Mm, well, keep your pork. I don't need it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> keep your damn I was barbecuing pork. tofu. Thank you very much. <laughs> didn't want it anyway. Make my own. <laughs> Oh, and the actress, her name is Kristen Davis. Yes, Kristen Davis. She's lovely. Yes. So that is that whole so story that's, behind yeah, the that. the mean girl culture that was going on. So there was, yeah, so there's been tension. And um, also a, a, a part of it was, um, I don't know if you remember this from the show, if you watch the show, but uh, Sarah Jessica Parker never did nudity on the show. Never. Her contract, she did not have, she could have sex scenes where she was wearing a bra. And um, uh, unfortunately, Kim Cattrall did not get that benefit. She had to be nude. Now, when the show actually started, Kim Cattrall was the biggest star of the four of them because she had been in movies like Mannequin uh, and she had been uh, in uh, Big Trouble in Little China. She had been in the Porky series. So she was a known commodity more so than the uh, the other three ladies on the Uh show. And so there was some kind of uh, parness, even though the show clearly was the star of the show was uh Sarah Jessica Parker there's no denying that because she wrote the article uh the column that was the title of the show right uh but uh something happened where one of the showrunners who was because they seem to split up into teams it's like it was SJP 
and her clique was Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis. And uh, when a couple years into the run of the show, one of the showrunners who was actually friendly with Kim Cattrall left, and that person was replaced with a good friend of Sarah Jessica Parker's, and that made things on the set even more tense. Uh, between the two of them because Sarah Jessica Parker was able to, you know, get her way and make things happen the way she wanted to, uh, apparently a lot. And that meant leaving Kim Cattrall and her character in the cold sometimes. Hashtag first world problems. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Well, I mean, to to me, what's crazy to me is uh, about this one thing about the nudity. I could see at the beginning, but once the show was a bona fide hit, I don't understand why Kim Cattrall couldn't be like, you know what? You can fire me, but I'm keeping my clothes on. I'm not, I'm not going to be nude anymore. But I don't understand what kind of crappy agent that she had that couldn't finagle her or some kind of a pay bonus. Every time she showed a nipple, you know, we, you people are going to have to give me an extra 100K or something. No, absolutely. And, you know, I, I remember not too long after... Uh, what was it the first, after they had changed kind of the format instead of them breaking the fourth wall talking to the camera and it was just kind of self-contained not too long after that Kim Cattrall was married at the time and she came out with she and her husband came out with like a sex book so she was trying to work that angle of her being that the sex pot on the show uh, and she and her husband came out with the book well then she got divorced but you know what, it is what it no, is. don't you? I know what you're implying. Doesn't it doesn't mean the sex wasn't good. They could have had other problems besides. No, that. no, 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 no. I'm not implying. See, this is how rumors get started, Kevin. <laughs> I can't believe that you were saying that they didn't have good sex, Tachi. See, no, that is not what I was saying. I'm saying that she was really trying to sell that because maybe she was very uncomfortable with it. You know, nobody else had to really, although. Cynthia Nixon did so, no, the other, other one, but uh, the not other, like yeah. Uh, and also, Kim, I don't think that I don't think that Kristen Davis. Uh, you know what? There was one scene. There was one. I think that she she uh, flashes a sailor in an episode where they go to some naval event. Yeah, I remember and she, that. And she flashes. So I I think that that was her, not a body double, because I think we see all of her. Yeah, I think that that was probably the only time. But other than like Sarah Jessica, Jessica Parker is yeah, pristine. Yeah, she kept her clothes on. We saw nothing. Nothing that she she already had those uh, outfits where we're seeing bra anyway. So that was just the next step. So let me read the uh, the the tweet. The, the, not yeah, the, the tweet. clap back to just to make sure we understand. Let, let me do this again. Let me read, let me read the quote that that and the, your response because the, you need the quote to get the response to hear them together to get the the difference in tone. Okay, sir. All right. So again, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker at the at a hearing that um, uh, Kim Cattrall's brother uh, of his death. She posted in social media, Dearest Kim, my love and condolences to you and yours. Godspeed uh, to your uh, beloved brother, XX. Oh, that's such a hallmark moment. It is sweet. It is. So what was the response? <laughs> you heard my silence. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear a I could hear a tumbleweed rolling in the distance and, the, and a coyote howling way far, far away. Ooh, well, I'm sure the coyote came out of Kim Cattrall when she, she. <laughs> oh, are you saying she got coyote ugly time? She got coyote <laughs> ugly, not ugly, ugly. She said on Instagram as a clapback, 
I don't need your love or support at this tragic time. <laughs> at Sarah Jessica Parker. That was the actual picture. And then underneath, by the way, this particular Instagram post got 68,000 likes. 68,500 <laughs> likes. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. It got some likes. So, Kim Cattrall, my mom asked me today, when will that at Sarah Jessica Parker, that hypocrite, leave you alone? End quote. Your continuous reaching out is a painful reminder of how cruel you were then and now. Let me make this very clear, if I haven't already. You are not my family. You are not my friend. So, I'm writing to tell you one last time. Stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your, quote, nice girl persona. Copy and paste the link. And then... <laughs> <laughs> That she gives a, a link to the um, the New York Post article inside the Mean Girls culture that destroyed Sex in the City. Yeah, and it talks about yeah what we what we talked about earlier the uh, the 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 whole uh, New Jersey housing situation and stuff like that. But um, what's okay? First of all, I had no idea Kim Cattrall was British, so that's interesting. But. <laughs> <laughs> To me, it just makes it so much interesting when you read everything else in a, <laughs> the in, in a, in a pseudo British accent. That was <laughs> the, the Madonna British accent. The Madonna British, yes, yes. Okay, so the so the real question is, it I don't see any way that they could do the movie now with the four of them because and Kim Cattrall again has made it quite clear that she has no intentions of doing another Sex in the City movie that she said that her focus on her career was her focus before. Now that she's, uh, you know, 60 or over 60, that her focus is going to be on herself, not her career. And she's not going to deal with that. She has no interest in it. So the question is, I'm asking the audience as well as you, Tachi, do you think they can do a Sex in the City movie without Kim Cattrall? The question is, do we need to do another Sex in the City movie? Granted, I know. Sex in the City aficionados and fans are diehard. I myself enjoy Sex in the City. I told you how I got hooked onto it. One time I had gotten sick and that I just binge watched it and I had no interest in it before. So I can see, but really... I don't know that we need another Sex in the City because Kim Cattrall will be gone. This really has to work as a quad unless they write her off in terms of, you know, because there was already, I could see them writing in her being a standoffish thing and not talking to them again. But then usually with Sex in the City franchises, their tiffs don't last very long. Eventually they always come back around. So this wouldn't make any sense. Also, you can't kill off a character on Sex in the City. It, this is not Shonda Rhimes. This is not Scandal. <laughs> It doesn't well, work. Now, okay, now, now, to be fair, they do have a very easy opening with Kim Cattrall's character because her character was a breast cancer survivor. So, 
I do think that it might, a lot of women, that storyline resonated with so many women and men, uh, that struggle. And it might be even harder to take for fans if they killed her off using, you know, cancer, Mm -hmm. a reoccurrence. So, but they could, she's always, she's a jet setter. Their planes crash. That is terrible. That would set a terrible beginning for Uh, any Sex in the City You know what? Drivers drink. So, yeah, drunk driver or something. How sadistic is this, Kevin? Samantha could have been, you know, you know getting busy with, a, you know, an Uber driver and he takes a bad turn, you know, and there you no, go. No, this is what needs to happen. SJP, who already has divorced, Kristen Davis and um, Cynthia Nixon, they need to do other things. Never mind Sex in the City. Let this live in infamy as it is, as part of it. J- just let that live. I, no. No. Well, I actually think it could be interesting, and here's why. Okay. To do a third movie without uh, uh, Kim Cattrall. I'm the listening. The show was called Sex and the City. The city was another character. Mm-hmm. The city has changed so much. So there's stories in what the city is now and also where the women are in their lives now, in their relationships. And so if Kim Cattrall was written out, the idea also part of the, the, the story would be about them finding their, their new fourth and that we could see other women that, that are in their lives and then which one will ultimately end up being the fourth girl would be really interesting to see. And, and I, I know how I can actually see the reveal of, I don't know how the whole story would play out, but I know what the reveal should be. The reveal should be where the three women that we already know and love are having breakfast uh, on some Sunday morning brunch somewhere, and they're talking and stuff like that. And then the camera cuts to a beautiful pair of legs in some expensive shoes walking down the Manhattan street. And then uh, we hear like a bell, like a door open up at the cafe. And then the girls look up and then the camera pans to, and we see who the new fourth girl is. She's the one that's going to basically be their new fourth friend. I love the way you think Kevin. Once again, I don't understand why neither one of us are working for a network or in a writer's room. We would solve every problem on daytime, afternoon and evening television. How the hell ever? Here's the issue. <laughs> Here is the issue with your scenario. This is assuming that these women who are now remember, this is already how many years have passed now for them? Um, it's got to be like since the fi- second movie. Um, well, since let's talk about since the beginning of the series. That series started in like two thousand early two thousands. It yeah. must have been. So this is a good. If we're looking at the passage of time, this is a good seventeen years, right? That that this has happened. Now they were already in their thirties, right? On the yes. uh, at the end of the series, uh, Samantha turned fifty. Okay. So by this time, these, the ones that are left are in their very late 40s. They're all in their 50s now, but, you know, they would make them in their late 40s, probably about to be 50. Who adds a new person to their circle at that age? Not a whole lot of people. 
So I don't know Well, that's know how... why it would be interesting. That's part of the story, Tachi, is the idea that it's hard to make new friends when you get to be a certain age. And there's going to be basically trying. different contenders because we're going to see each of the different women. There's three women left. They each have other women that they get involved with that, that, that become their friends, just them. And then they try to mix people. And I know you probably experienced this when you have somebody that you're, that you're really cool with and you have another friend and you want to get them together. And sometimes they don't, just because you... Uh, two different people like you and you like them doesn't mean they will like each other. And so the whole idea of uh, of it kind of focusing on making a new friend or trying to add a new friend to your group at a certain age is kind of interesting to me. And the different actresses that they would be basically, because it would be a named actress. They wouldn't get a no-name actress to, to potentially be the fourth friend. So I like the idea of them searching for the the, the their fourth in a way and mm. um, ultimately mm. finding out who is going to be a part of their clique. Sounds a little next pussycat doll to me. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not interested. Oh God, I wonder does anybody even get that reference when they were searching yeah, for another? For Someone those did... of for those of you who don't know, there was a reality show on. This probably was about now, like five or six years ago. Oh, more if than not that. more, if not more, where they were the um I can't remember her name, but the founder of the Pussycat Dolls. They were. It was a reality show where they were looking for the quote next pussycat doll really they're not that was really just a whole ploy because i never saw that girl again well the but, same thing well this well we never heard from the pussycat dolls again but the same they did the exact same thing i guess you don't remember this i can't remember what the exact name of the show was but it was with tlc was looking for a yeah for uh, uh for lisa lopez the, lisa mm-hmm. left eye lopez mm-hmm. and it was called the are you the girl or something like that and and but the cold part was they made a big deal like we're searching for a new person but then it got it leaked out that oh well yeah but they'll just the winner will only be appearing with us on one single they will not be a new member of the group well what the hell was the point of this hence why i'm not interested in a reboot of that that. let's move on as a lover of sex in the city i would like to see a reboot in fact i actually like to see it come back as a television show more Mm -mm. so than a movie because but because the sex in the city 2 was so horrible and it's just to me it leaves a really bad taste in fans mouth to have that be the end so i would like to see some other come back in another form well hopefully they have a damn good script for me to be interested but let's move on i think i'm sexed in the city out so on to ryan murphy now for those of you who don't know ryan murphy he's with fox slash fx fx is part of fox and he's responsible things for uh shows such as glee the the doomed glee uh nip tuck american crime story and american horror story so he would have been a big part now remember disney just uh purchase Fox, right? Except for certain uh, aspects of it, like Fox uh, News, News, Fox Sports, I think 20th Century Fox, but the television end is on. But it's a whole big conglomerate, so I don't remember exactly what, but um, he was with Fox. So now, mostly he spent most of his career as a writer, director, and producer at 21st Century Fox, but... The Walt Disney Company's deal in December to acquire most of Fox raised questions about whether what his future was there. Well, Netflix put that all to bed on Tuesday because they look. This is like take that with a leather whip. 
to uh, Fox because they've stolen hit-making producer Ryan Murphy. It's a five-year deal worth as much as can you sit down, make sure you're sit down and strapped in, ladies and gentlemen. $300 million, according to people with knowledge of the deal. Three hundred million. Wow, I can't even. Oh my God, Tachi, that is more than we would make in three years of doing this show. I'm glad you think we're worth a hundred million a year. <laughs> <laughs> you saw how I had to do that math really quickly. <laughs> no, I don't think you said the name of what who stole Ryan Murphy. I did Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Yeah, Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. So Netflix is. Netflix is, they are changing the game. They are, isn't it enough that they stole Shonda Rhimes away from ABC? Okay, can I make a, a quick thing about this? Now, this is a whole other conversa- conversation. At the time, we talked about that on TV channeling when it first happened, and the supposed amount was somewhere in the neighborhood of $40 million, okay? Uh-huh. She got $100 million to go to Netflix. Ryan Murphy got $300 million. So of uh, course, uh huh. Uh uh-uh. Me too. This is part of the Me Too movement. That mm. is not cool. Mm. And, and and oh my god. And you, th- uh, what's her name? Uh, Monique thought that she got a bad deal. Monique, j- j- just uh, you know, you and your husband go and see Black Panther because just j- just just rest for a while because this is a huge <laughs> one. <laughs> just sit down and rest for a while. Because- no, that is sh- well. Okay, well we don't now. Do we know how many years? Shonda Rhimes' uh, deal was versus how the, the length of the time that uh, that Ryan Murphy is committing himself to Netflix. Okay, now this is what I need to uh, to look. I want to say, and I'm not 100 percent sure, but I want to say it's a five year deal as well. So they're both. I, I, oh my, if, it, if it's equal as far as in deal, it's either four years or five years. From if what the I remember, the length of time is equal, and the number of uh, projects they're, they're supposed to produce is equal, and the pay differential is 200 million dollars i don't eat wow netflix not cool that's not cool at all i i mean the whole thing is when you talk about ryan murphy we have these he's been writing and doing things but he doesn't have anything else more significant under his belt than shonda rhimes does so i could see if you were talking about oh well steven spielberg xyz oh Okay, maybe I could justify that then. Um, This to me is unjustifiable. So that's a whole other thing. I saw this and then I looked and I said, wait, wait, wait now. She's making 100. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know if they're going to uh, renegotiate or what. Um, Wow. Yeah. yeah. We need to look into this further because that can't be right. If the deal is similar in the amount of years and the amount of shows, because normally it's a deal over, it's a deal of time and it's a deal about so many shows or programs produced or so many hours. If it's similar amount of years that they're committed and a similar amount of product that they're going to produce, $200 million more is, is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It it is okay. Okay, I just looked it up. I remember. Remember, I said it was four or five. It's a four year deal, but that's still 
terrible. One year difference is not. One yeah, year difference is, is not two hundred million dollars make. No, that's that's, that, that's a couple of uh, you know. No, come on now. So one hundred million, and again, and and they're very close in age because I don't know why they've been putting this. So Shonda Rhimes is forty seven; he's fifty two. So it's not like there's that much difference in age between yeah, them. Where... I, I, no, this is pretty shocking, and you know what? I, to do this to a woman and also a woman of color to give her that much less money, there's something wrong. And Look. honestly, it's going to be really hard for me to accept any deal that Netflix may offer us to do a show. I mean, <laughs> I would ultimately, but I, I'd feel bad about it. Look, I'd feel bad. You better take the hundred dollars in Netflix coupons they're offering <laughs> us. <laughs> And be happy. (laughs) You better take that net cash or whatever cards (laughs) that they're offering us. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. (laughs) I actually wouldn't mind Bitcoin, but whatever it is that they're they're offering. Starbucks gift cards. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. P.F. Chang gift card. Whatever. <laughs> Take it and run. Oh my god. <sighs> okay. And again, this show was not. This episode was not sponsored by P.F. Chang <laughs> <laughs> or Netflix or Netflix or Starbucks or, or Starbucks. <laughs> but we're open to <laughs> to potentially having some. They're all great companies. We would they, love to work with them. We will. Re- we really would. We really would. <laughs> so, but 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 it, it's very problematic. So, um. We will we will see what's happening because remember Netflix started doing this original programming thing in 2012 so it's been a good 6 years now. They said that they're going to spend up to 8 billion on content this year and Apple has pledged at least 1 billion for original programming which means um um, Nothing. I mean, no. Apple is getting stomped on. Can we just say this? Can we just cut to the chase? What is go- Apple has dropped the ball? Absolutely. And also another person who dropped the ball. H to the B to the O. What is going on? You guys are getting trounced by Netflix. Mm. Does this have anything to do with the fact that Game of Thrones? <laughs> 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 well, some might say that, that it's it's a huge mistake that the that Netflix has uh has let um you know a whole leaving a, a year plus before we get the final uh uh season and it's even, not even fair to call it a final season to get the final the second half of the last season of game of thrones because it's only gonna be like six episodes so that's absolutely ridiculous they look at how long uh it took them to bring back the second season of westworld which should have started last september it's going to be come back in april uh, of uh, this year it's ridiculous they don't have a lot going on in fact normally on uh, HBO every Saturday there's a new big ticket movie uh, that that is uh, premieres on Saturday and then on Sunday you have their prestige shows but for the last several uh, you know a month or uh, two there's been nothing but reruns of their big movie from Saturday they aired again on Sunday it's like you know you we're not you're not doing this for free we're not with you guys for hugs we're with you guys for programming and HBO every five minutes there's a, a release of some new show or something on HBO I mean I mean on Netflix and the idea that HBO, again, they're not doing it for free, um, are 
are not giving us new shows on a, uh, at a good clip. There should always be new content on. And don't get me started about Bill Maher and John Oliver's show having these long-ass hiatuses. Thus saith Kevin No Malone. <laughs> All right. Uh, he's, okay, he's, let's let's move on to the next subject because I'm getting too hot. No, and that was completely my fault, ladies and gentlemen. I knew that I was trying to tease him with the whole Game of Thrones, and you see what happened. You I, I, set, I you shan't. Set me off, Tachi. I did. I shan't do it again. Okay, so you know what? I want to switch gears a little bit and let's talk about uh, the CW. The CW is doing something interesting. They are expanding commitment to their shows and to television in general by expanding into Sunday night. So they're adding a six night of original programming to their lineup next season, joining the much larger broadcast rivals with first run shows on Sunday nights. So this is a, this is, this is kind of big. Oh, the, it is it's yeah. huge, Tachi, because mm-hmm. for the longest time, the CW hasn't been uh, gone anywhere near Sunday. And Sunday is the prestige night of television. It is the most watched night. So it's a huge deal that they actually are branching out. And that means more jobs. That means more product. Uh, so what is going to make it on to Sunday night? I mean, they have their, uh, we know that there's going to be a reboot this next season of Roswell. There's a reimagining. I won't call it a reboot. It's a complete reimagining of uh, Charmed. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff coming. Uh, will Black Lightning wander to Sunday? Who knows? Uh, will they move, uh, you know, Dynasty? What's going to happen? But it's huge. There's going to be competition for that younger audience on Sunday. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So during the 2018-19 season, they're going to air 12 hours of a primetime series each week, including on Sundays from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m., up from 10 hours this season. Um, they originally had difficulty programming Sunday on their own, so they handed Sunday nights over in the fall of 2020, 2008, 2008, whatever, to Media Rights Capital, which is an independent studio, And it was after a few months that they ended their agreement with that studio. And then in 2009, it gave Sunday nights to local affiliates to program. So that's when you would have, you know, oh, the CW29 in Paducah, Kentucky brings to you Hee Haw the Reboot. You know, that kind of (laughs) The Reboot. Oh, my God. Ah, no shade. I used to watch Hee Haw. No, okay. Oh, oh my God. That's not a proud moment. All right. Um, (laughs) Now, there's also some other big news on the CW because they're they're burning up, you know, teen hearts and used to be teen hearts with (laughs) with their with their dark and uh, tragic uh, high school tale, um, Riverdale, Mm. and. There is actually going to be a new show uh, or a new reboot or reimagining. There's going to be Sabrina the Teenage Witch is coming to CW. So maybe that show will find its way onto Sunday. I can see that happening. But I know when we were talking, you were saying that it's going to be kind of based off of the graphic novel as opposed to the television show from before. Oh God, yeah! It is not going to have anything to do with with that delightful comedy that had a robot cat. So no robot cats, uh, no no uh, uh, fun, endearing comic uh, comical witch ants. It's going to be a lot darker. Now the real question to me is: Is she going to be in the same universe as 
uh, Riverdale? My guess is yes, because they'd be crazy not to uh, piggyback on the success there, uh, the, uh, the crazy success that Riverdale has had. Now, the question would be is, will Sabrina be also going to Riverdale High and sometimes interacting with the kids there? Or will she be going to a rival school? Uh, the, the, you know, whatever, whatever, I don't even remember, what is the, do you know what football team or baseball team, whenever they have a sporting event that they're playing against their rival school, whatever, um, to have her in their universe, but not have her at the school, because I think it'd be really hard to have her at the school as a separate show, but she had, I guess you could have another group of friends and they're using all the same sets, but they very rarely interact. But it takes it to a different level now. If you do that, infuse her into the Riverdale universe, that also now makes this a supernatural show. Exactly. That That's why I'm saying not... it, it, it would make more sense if she went to a rival high school because that way she would she could still have access to she could run into Archie or Veronica or whatever and then still have some magical dark stuff happen. Uh, you know, that they're just all blissfully unaware of because they're busy solving murders and stuff at their school. <sighs> no, thank you. <laughs> Tachi, first of all, you're not being fair prejudging it because when we review it, people are going to be like, well, Tachi said bad stuff about it before it even came on, so that's not fair. Oh, no, I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying no thank you for me. I. Mm, it just. <laughs> It does not sound, you know how I am with these angsty teenage dramas where, you know, it's not like the teenage dramas of old. Now people are just dying. So, um, no. I but what if they're angsty and they have magical powers? Hmm. Yeah, it's still a And what if me. their cat is CGI as opposed to being robotic? Hmm. See yeah, still a no, it. still a no for me. <laughs> <laughs> All but right. Let, let me let me never say never. You you never know. So off of Sabrina the Teenage Good Witch, uh, get on the Good Foot Witch, and on to. It's, uh, speaking of um, shows, there are eleven television shows, according to Business Insider, that are off the air that people wish. There was one more season of. So, shall I go through the list? Yeah, I wonder okay. if we're gonna. I wonder how we're gonna feel about some of these choices. Okay, well, so a lot of uh, networks have managed to breathe new life into television shows. Gilmore Girls, which we reviewed. Yes. Arrested Development, which was always one of my favorites. Full House became Fuller House, and I haven't watched it yet. And of course, Will and Grace and Roseanne, and there are a bunch of Dynasty. We could go on and on. This is the, the well. The two... di well, the, see, the difference is with like Dynasty. That's com that's a reimagining. There's difference between to me rebooting a show where we have the same actors uh, from the thing that we know and love, and we want to see them come back, like Will and Grace, versus we're remaking it and we're hiring all new people and we're we're moving like what they what they did with Dynasty, moving it from Colorado to Atlanta for some reason. So yeah, Touché. completely d different animal. Touche, Kevin. But the average viewer will just say reboot. So just look, you know. Well, you're wrong, average that. viewer. <laughs> TV channeling has the courage to tell you when you're wrong. <laughs> you, you, you don't you don't want any fans, do you? Kevin? But you're not wrong for listening to us. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was the that was the that was the best choice of your life. <laughs> uh -huh. That took some bass out of your voice, didn't it? <laughs> that humbled you. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, let's go through the shows that B.I., 
Business Insider, according to suggestions from Reddit, which of course is the end all and be all of everything, sarcasm, insert sarcasm here, uh, 11 of the best suggestions, and let's talk about whether or not we agree with them. Almost. Yeah, well, it's weird, first uh, of all, it's weird that it's 11 as opposed to 10. Why is it 11? Because. <laughs> what is that 11th point. show? It better be a good choice. Okay, let's go. Let's run them down. Almost Human from Fox. It only was on one season from 2013 to 2014. Uh, part of the thing that killed it was that they had to run the episode out of order for some reason. Carnival from your favorite HBO. Boo. It was on for two seasons. <laughs> two seasons too many. <laughs> Next. Are you boo to HBO or Carnival? Carnival. No, Carnival was not. Yeah, it was not Car- Carnival. Actually, not. You're making it. It wasn't Rio. It was no. It was Carnival. It wasn't Carnival. It, it was the way they spell it. It's but, the, the, but it really no. It really was. It was some. It was a supernaturally kind of thing. Like there's like a faith healing kid in it and stuff. And it was. I think it takes place like during the depression of a carnival and sideshow and everything. It yeah. I wasn't a fan. Mm, my favorite era, the depression. Anyway, Dark Matter, which was on the Sci Fi Network, was on for three seasons. It ended on a cliffhanger, apparently. Firefly was on Fox one season, 02 to 03. Freaks and Geeks was on for one season, 99 to 2000. Kyle XY was on ABC Family, which is now Freeform, for three seasons, 2006 to 09. Happy Endings was on ABC for three seasons, 2011 to 13. Limitless was on my favorite CBS for one season from 15 to 16. Pushing Daisies was on ABC for two seasons, 07 to 09. Rome was on HBO for two seasons, 05 to 07. Reaper was on the CW, just talked about them for two seasons, 07 to 09. And that is it. All right. Well, of the of the list, the funny thing is, I don't understand like why Freeform, formerly HBO Family, HBO, <laughs> ABC Family. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing friendly, family friendly about HBO. I don't. I don't even care if you have the rights to show uh, Sesame Street first. You'll yeah. never be family friendly to me. Anyway, um, <laughs> never. You're so salty. Go on. <laughs> But um, uh, Kyle XY, that to me screams like a really good TV movie. They could do a TV movie and wrap whatever was uh, unwrapped up left about that show. They could do that in a movie and be done with it. Honestly, everything on that list, there's only one thing for me that I personally would push somebody's grandmother in front of a train to see. Um, no, no disrespect to your grandmother. She's a lovely woman, but this is a good show. And that's Happy Endings. That show died way too soon. uh, ABC didn't know what to do with it. They moved it around. It was sporadic. Anyway, they made a huge mistake letting that show go. That show was hysterical, and it is and has gained momentum and more fans since it's been off the air. With it, re, uh, they had like marathons of it on VH1, and it's aired several different places, and people love it. So I am hoping against hope that that show will come back in another form because it definitely was a winner, and it was ahead of its time. Netflix is going to get it. Watch. 
I oh God, from your lips to Shonda Rhimes' ears, that Netflix if she if, if Netflix would find a way to bring back happy endings, I would be over the moon and less mad about you screwing over Shonda Rhimes and giving all of your extra sweet sweet cash over to Ryan Murphy. Wow, so. you would sell your soul for the all they have to do is dangle that and maybe some additional episodes of Game and Thrones at Westworld, and you would sell out Shonda like that. Oh, uh, also, and again, I would again. I've already said that you know I'm. I feel bad about how they've treated her, and it, I would feel guilty, and I'd feel really bad about signing on the contract that they would offer us to be a part of the Netflix family, bringing TV channeling the five star rated podcast to Netflix. <laughs> I would feel so bad about signing. I'm not saying I wouldn't sign, but I'd feel guilty <laughs> as I was doing it. This is why we'll have no unity ever. <laughs> <laughs> and the tears I'd be crying as I was as I was signing, they wouldn't be tears of joy. They would be tears of shame. Oh, here we go. As you get anyway, your but, sign but, bonus. But anyway, happy endings should come back. All the other things on the list, I mean, I can understand for people who loved um, pushing daisies. That to me, if if ABC was in the is was in the business of TV movies, that would be a great candidate for a TV movie to wrap that up because the their 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 fans aren't many, but the fans are loyal and deep. Uh, for that show. Now, the one show that they didn't have on uh on that list was a show that I remember. Uh, the, well, the couple shows. Um. Well, first, let me ask you. I want to be rude about this, ladies. First, is there any show that isn't on that list that you would like to see brought back for the from the dead for another season? First of all, let's talk about the shows on this list. I don't give a damn about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I, when I was looking at this, I was like, what? Who, what the hell? Who cares? I don't. Not, that doesn't mean that other people do not. I never watched any of these shows. So it made me know, never mind. You know, the one I always talk about that I want to come back, Kevin. Oh, wait, are you going to say, um, wait, because there's already a version of that on right now. But are you talking, are you talking about the Cosby spinoff Different World? Of course. And there, and uh, that freeform show Grownish is not the same as Different World. It is vastly different. Although Grownish is entertaining, it is nothing like Different World. Well, yeah, and I've and I already I think I gave on this show. I told exactly how it should be brought back to life. I've given them the pilot, so I don't know what mm -hmm. it, it's not. I've done all I can do, Tachi. I've given them the script. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you. But that's that's the only thing I. Here's my thing with this list, and not to get too deep into it, because I want to hear what you want or want to come back uh, eh, these shows cater to a very specific audience if you know what i mean it's it's a very specific audience of um not just millennial because obviously this some of these shows are older but um well yeah no some of no millennials would have been too young but um, very edge of millennial, so, sort of Gen X, sort of, um, it all caters to the same people. Hipster type, that, that's it. That's the word I'm looking for. Hipster type people. Um, some people that are interested in sci-fi, obviously, but some of them are still hipsters. So, I mean, there's nothing on here that speaks to everyone. And it has nothing to do just with the casting. It's just in, in general. All oh, right. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I don't care. So what do you think? <laughs> well, as uh, as far as that, I agree with you, some of these shows, especially the sci-fi things are very uh, are, are, are pretty niche. 
Um, but one of the good things about when shows get canceled and they are available on Netflix and Hulu and all these other platforms we have now, that things that were more niche are less niche because more people have had a chance to discover them. And that's why I feel that uh, I don't think that uh, Happy Endings it would be considered a niche show. It just wasn't. It was never to me. People at, initially when it came on, the, the way that uh, AB, ABC sold it was like as the successor to Friends. But it wasn't what Friends was. It was its, its own animal. And um, by pushing it that way, I think they turned some people off. And But since its cancellation, people have had a chance to discover it. And I do think it would find a wider audience uh, if it came back now, especially if it was on someplace like Netflix, where people would get a chance to watch, you know, back seasons and watch the new season, a new season all uh, all in one sitting uh, or, you know, all all at once. They they would eat it up. Um, now, as far as the things that I like to see come back, number one, oh. just first and foremost, I got to say Penny dreadful i have no idea why showtime canceled that show or ended it what happened was they made it seem as if uh if you're a fan of the show the final season of it or the very last episode clearly set the show up to continue without uh ava green ava green the 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 lead character on the show uh she ended and the show ended but the show was clearly set up to continue without her and it left a lot of unanswered questions and uh Ava Green was so incredible in that show, but the cast beyond her was incredible. Uh, If you love classic horror uh, and just good storytelling and the cinematography was off the charts, I would give anything. If you can't give us the whole series, give us a movie. Come on, Showtime. So uh, I might actually pay for you again. So, yeah, there's that. Okay, okay. Another Showtime show from the past that needs to come oh, back. Lord. How many shows do you have? I'm only, gonna, I'm only naming two shows, Josh. Okay, okay. All right. Uh, speaking of a different world, Jasmine Guy was on a show on Showtime years ago called Dead Like Me. Yeah, I remember. I would love to see Dead Like Me come back in a movie. It doesn't need to be a show again, but I need a movie to wrap it up so give me a movie (laughs) put a bow on it and i will be happy and never pester you again uh uh uh, showtime so that's uh, that that's what i'd like wow wow oh well you know what i have one last movie request another cable channel that screwed me (laughs) stars kelsey Grammer started an incredible show called boss that show was everything. It was so dark. It was so good. And they actually, when they canceled the show after two seasons, they claimed that they were going to come back with a movie to wrap it up. Movie never came to fruition. So I'm not asking for it to come back as a show. I'm asking you to give us what you promised us, stars. Give us a movie to wrap up that incredible story. Okay. You heard it from both of us. <laughs> also if, if there's any show that you like to have come back we would love to hear from you so please let us know on twitter or any other social media place that you find us let us know what shows you'd like to bring back and we might talk about them on this show great well okay all of this is great news but it's really a precursor to the main event of the day we actually have a new segment Oh, yes. Okay, can I introduce Itachi? Please do. All right. 
TV channeling is always going to bold new places. And for the first time, we're giving you a brand new segment called TV Channeling at the Movies. So, this is how it's going to work. As you know, if you've, if you've been a long-time listener to our show, we both have our own quirks. We're TV twins for a reason, but we do, devo- we do go in different directions at some, at some points. And when it comes to One Direction, Tachi is incredibly cheap when it comes to paying for television. She is a TV reviewer. That's right. And she refuses to pay for HBO. How is this possible? I don't understand it. I, on the other hand, love movies. But I refuse to pay to go see movies now because I have a 4K TV with a giant screen. So I'm not paying to go to the movies unless it's a date. If, If I'm not on a date... I will. It, I can wait for it to be on HBO or Netflix or Hulu or any other platform I have. So, in this brand new segment, TV channeling at the movies, Tachi will give us a review of a movie and try to convince me to actually part with money to go see it in a theater. So, Tachi, what movie are you going to try to convince me to go to a theater and see? Okay, so before we get into that, I just have to say, ladies and gentlemen, that I am equally as cheap as Kevin when it comes to movies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to pay for them either. It was simply because of what this movie was that I saw it not once, ladies and gentlemen, but twice and got involved in the full splendor of the movie. And that film, my friends, is Black Panther. Hashtag Wakanda forever. Well, first of all, thank you for shooting down my premise. (laughs) (laughs) Just blew that out of the water. No, no, no. Your your premise still stands. Your premise still stands. (laughs) All right. Now, before we go in depth into uh, your review and trying to convince me, which is going to be really hard now because I'm still mad about my premise being blown apart. Um... Um, Black Panther broke all kinds of records uh, this weekend. So can you tell uh, us about some of the records that were broken by uh, Black Panther? Okay, so here's the thing. So far, and, and the weekend is still weekend, so it um, is still amassing and receipts are still coming in. So the previous record holder um, was, uh, wait, the previous record holder was straight out of Compton, which collected 214 million worldwide in 2015 over its entire run after adjusting for inflation. Global ticket sales by Monday will uh, total an estimated 387 million, according to Comscore. This is global ticket sales. Wow, that's incredible. Yes. Now, on its opening night Thursday, let me tell you, I went Thursday and saw it at the IMAX theater where I live. And then the next day I went and my organization had a red carpet event for it. So I've seen it twice, as I said. So at the um, IMAX theaters, IMAX accounted, if I'm not mistaken, for about $8 million in sales. They had $25.6 million somewhere in that neighborhood for just Thursday alone. Just Thursday. Wow. Yes. Um, For North America, ticket sales for the film 
will be roughly 218 million between Friday and Monday. So 218 million North America, worldwide an estimated 387 million. And look, when we're talking about, they made a huge deal out of it. This is less of a movie than it is a movement. And I'll talk more about that afterwards. So those are, it's breaking all sorts of records. Remember it had, um, was like the most pre-sold show on Fandango actually ever. <laughs> so, um, beating out a lot of other superhero movies. So, well, one of the things that was interesting, I think I saw was the fact that this is the highest, the, uh, the biggest grossing superhero standalone superhero film opening. Mm -hmm. Uh, that record was held by Iron Man three. Yes. Yes. Uh, until uh, until this weekend, uh, it was blown out of the water by uh, by uh, Black Panther, which is huge because normally the the ones that make the most money are movies that have uh, where you have several superheroes together, like uh, Avengers versus a standalone superhero uh, film. And what's amazing about this versus Iron Man 3 was that was the third Iron Man. This is the very first Black Panther movie. For it to do this kind of money is insanity. It's insanity, but I think there there are a lot of things that, that, are, um, that are reason for this. Besides it being a superhero movie and then people are really into superhero movies, you're crossing a couple of niches. Number one, people who are into the Marvel Universe. And I mean, at the screening on Thursday I was at, we have Florida Supercon, which of course is like our Comic-Con. There were so many people from Florida Supercon that were there. So you've got the comic book aficionados, you've got the comic book nerds and, and geeks and all the people who love superhero culture there. Number two, Black folk are going to see it simply because, and ever, I've talked to a lot of people that are not, I'm very much into the Marvel universe and I'm into sci-fi and those types of things and Afrofuturism. This is actually a part of Afrofuturism. So I'm into all of that. And so that makes sense for me to go. But for people that they're like, I don't know anything about Black Panther. I never knew about this. and I'm not into Marvel, but I loved the movie. For people who are not comic book people or Marvel people to enjoy the movie, that says something. So you're going to, and it's a largely black cast. It's a largely black cast. And this is the first time, not only is it a black cast, not only is the, um, the, uh, the lead actor um, black, of course, this is the first time that there has been a black protagonist. Yeah, um, no, that's that a, that's amazing. So yeah, yes. the, the 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 villain and the hero played by Michael B. Jordan, who I found out one of my sorority sisters in my chapter, uh, Michael B. Jordan is her cousin. I'm like, and you're just now saying something. She said, I really don't say much. So that was. Kind of cool. <laughs> Oh my God, Tachi! Is there anybody that you don't have some kind of vague connection to? <laughs> the, the, the six you have—it's like basically it's like six degrees separate, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. No, it's actually two degrees of Tachi. There is nobody I don't have some kind of connection with through Tachi. But here's the thing: it doesn't help me any. So <laughs> it's just a cool fact. So that's uh, that's the big thing that it, it's it's more like a movement. It encouraged people to go out and not only go out and see the film, but to see it more than once. If you talk to people, there are many who have seen it more than once. There are a um, 
a lot of organizations that are doing, like my organization, Delta Sigma Theta, we had a red carpet event and many Delta Sigma Theta, in fact, many black fraternities and sororities and organizations in general had it. Everybody came dressed up in, when I say black folk showed out <laughs> what they had on, they showed out in what they had on and I was included. So the first time I just, you know, wore a head wrap. But the second time, since it was our event, I dressed, dressed up. And it was a, it, it's more than just a film. It signifies more than just a film. It signifies the fact that everybody thinks African countries, um, uh, can't be that don't have uh, technological advancement. They don't this, they don't that. But we all know they absolutely do and they absolutely can. So that 80, this 86 is that. There's also the whole thing of um, just in the, the times that we live in that seem to be so bleak and you have somebody in charge who just called all countries from this particular continent, you know, S countries, okay? Then it was like, oh, Ryan Coogler was like, really? Here you go. <laughs> and here you come with Wakanda uh, technological marvel. Though it is fictional, it's really a metaphor. I understand people say, oh, well, it's not real. Yeah, of course not. But it's a metaphor for what can be and what is possible. No, you know, not necessarily in the sense of uh, superpowers or whatever, but just in the way, I don't want to give it away, but just in the way that... Um, people pulled together and in all the different lessons. That was another thing. In a, I love the Marvel movies, but I don't ever really learn anything lesson-wise from it. This movie, you almost have to go with a pad and paper and take down all the wisdom that is involved in it. Is that deep and that good. And of course, there's a lot of action, which is great. All right. So um, I was going to ask you for like a review, but I think that you've already practically reviewed it. <laughs> well, I, I, I did. Well, okay. So well, let, let me, I know I couldn't help it because I love the movie that much. Here, um, here's the thing. I Thumbs up. Definitely. Well, you didn't ask me what I think yet. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were being so cagey all this time, Tachi. I was oh. like, what does she really think? <laughs> it. I think number one, it is it's important for um, identity. For so long, the problem that uh, that we had for so long when the hashtag Oscar So White came out was really talking about this lack of representation that we had. It was you know less about winning a an award for what we're doing and more about the representation. Here's the thing: anybody who cannot see themselves reflected anywhere does not see that as possible and it absolutely is possible so that's one message that you know anything is possible basically um number two the fact that you have this kind of movie breaking records all over the place says that diversity sells i don't know how many times you want us to slice it up Hollywood or whoever's making films, but people are interested in seeing people like themselves and people different from, from themselves. And so if you put together, and this 86 is any ideas that people will not um, support a, sh a movie or a show with a black cast. Absolutely they did. They're like two, uh, three, three, no, two principal white characters. That, that was it. And so then you had some background uh, characters. Other than that, it was Wakanda and all of that that was going on, and it still managed to captivate people. Number three, this really um, 
ter- this is also a social media movement. So just like a lot of other movements that you've been seeing on social media, um, uh, the, you know, the hashtag, just take, for example, hashtag me too, hashtag whatever, you've been seeing this really play out in social media to the point that some people feel like they've already seen the movie because <laughs> they've been following it on social media. So it, it shows how the um, excitement for this movie is playing in social media. And then number four, just again, the fact that we are in times that are so tumultuous and so turbulent, we needed something to make ourselves feel good. When I say we, I'm not just talking about black people. I'm talking about people in the general. The country as a whole. The yeah. country as a I'm telling you, you need, and then we just had, you know, there've been some terrible incidents that have happened. And this does not mean you forget about the situation that you're in, but it lets you know that number one, you, you can for a minute just be and breathe and be other than the problems that exist in our country. And then number two, it's a message for anybody, everybody, that anything is possible. Seriously, anything is possible. It's such a positive film, such a positive movie. I mean, obviously, I'm trying to think now. I'm going to probably need to go and see it again because before I do think piece type discussions on it, I'm going to need to go see it again at this time, look at it to deconstruct what's going on. Um, Okay, Tachi, you are determined apparently to see this movie on every possible screen size. You've mm -hmm. seen it in IMAX. Mm -hmm. You've seen it in a regular theater. Are you going to see it in a drive-in this next time? Where are you going to see it? Oh, there is a drive-in down the street from me. <laughs> that is an excellent idea, Kevin. Oh my God. Thank you for that idea. And I know it's playing there. Oh my God. All right. Well, yes, it's quite clear that you are a fan. Oh, I'm, I am such a super fan. I, again, I love the Marvel Universe, but this is the best Marvel movie. Seriously. Well, what's really, to me, impressive is the idea that and in a year where you had uh, Wonder Woman, directed by a woman, one of the biggest films of the year. And now you have uh, Black Panther, directed by an African-American man, mm-hmm. being Cooper. one of the biggest movies of the year. So you had, by by stretching things and by not having just a white male lead uh, in those two uh, films, you've just basically broken such new ground and giving, giving a chance to other visionaries to tell stories uh has just you know you're right broken the broken broken down some doors and made a lot of people think that a lot more is possible yeah it but it's simple math half of the u.s is women 50 percent women why would we not want to pay something pay to see something that is us most of the world is of color why would you not want to see? So I, I don't understand. They think it won't sell. They think, but I mean, we keep proving over and over and over. And of course, time moves on and attitudes shift a little bit. I won't say they change, but attitudes shift. So you start to see that type of thing. And it's a story. It's a story that could, that anyone can relate to. Maybe you're not African. Maybe you don't live from in uh, Wakanda, but everybody can relate to family stuff. Everybody can relate to obligations that you have to uh, family over this, to country over this. And there's all of that in there. So I think it's something that everyone can relate to. And again, guess what? It, it was just nice to see 
often when you go to Marvel movies and um, or any of these type of, you know, superhero movies and you see people who cosplay, there are a lot of different types of people who cosplay, but you don't always see them reflected. So it was nice to see not just cosplay, but also traditional African attire. It was really wonderful to see and people spared no expense, seriously. Well, okay, I have to say, I'm surprised with you trying to sell this to me that you haven't mentioned one of the biggest assets, or actually two of the biggest assets, one of them being one Lupita Nyong'o. I was getting to that. Go ahead. Okay, all right, start selling to me, telling me what she's doing in it, make me want to see this. Again, right now, I'm on the fence. Oh, I'm, I'm a, your 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 card is about to be revoked. <laughs> <laughs> keep trying, keep okay. selling. So Lupita Nyong'o, of course, uh, plays a former love interest of T'Challa, uh, who becomes the king. This is what happens. Remember at the end of the Avengers, how the UN was blown up? Yes, and, okay, killing so, Black Panther's father. Uh huh. Uh huh. Queen uh, King. To uh, T'Chaka, okay. So the son is T'Challa. He, of course, then becomes king, and this whole it it actually starts from that point in a sense, from after uh, the UN blows up and his father is killed, and then he's getting ready to be installed as king. So this this is where the movie starts. So you have Lupita Nyong'o. I don't even have to say what she does in it. That should be enough. Lupita Nyong'o. You have Chadwick Boseman, who is absolutely amazing as Black Panther. I mean, just absolutely everything. Also, but uh, an- but another ahead. trump card that you need to play is mm-hmm. uh, my question to you is what does Angela Bassett have to do with it? Oh, Angela B- Bassett plays uh, the mother, plays Bo- uh, Chadwick Boseman's mother, uh, um, the the queen. So her husband was killed at the UN, and she is the now the queen. she's the matriarch of the family. She's the matriarch of the family, and she does a wonderful job. She looks majestic and great. And then we have um, Letitia Wright, who uh, plays the daughter, Chadwick Boseman's sister, and she so she's the princess. So here's the thing. We talk about Disney princesses, right? Or uh, these prince, uh, a princess. This is the princess that a lot of people have been waiting for. She is strong. She is she. She's a warrior, and she's smart. Here's the thing: she basically built Wakanda. So the first generation of Black Panther suit, he came up with. She came up with the second generation of the suit. So when you when you see the film, which you're going to, you'll see what she did. She also, let me tell you about this whole world. The reason that they have so much wealth, they are a wealthy nation, but to the outside world, they kind of like fake the funk, like they're a quote unquote third world country, but they actually have all this wealth from uh, a meteor hit them and they have now vibranium, which is a the strongest metal on earth, supposedly. They use this vibranium for all sorts of different things. And it it holds energy and you can kind of control that energy and release it when need be, meaning explosions, those types of things. But it can also power things. So they have a levitating train system in Wakanda, which uses vibranium as a pot. And she kind of designed all of that. So you've got this smart princess who is just amazing. That is to see the scientific marvel is awesome and she's like what supposed to be like maybe 18 if that 
Oh, wow. All right. Now, what my other question is now, who does Tiffany Haddish play in this? Tiffany Haddish plays herself. She's not in this. Uh, well, uh, I was, you know, I was going to see it if Tiffany Haddish was in it. I just assumed that she was. You know what? You're, you're not serious. <laughs> you are not serious. <laughs> Tiffany Haddish doesn't have to be in everything. She is in everything. All she right. is. She is. But, but uh, no, it's, it's really great. Okay. And I have to tell you about the um, Danae Guerra. You know her from Walking Dead, right? Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. 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 So she plays the head of the um, of the war. They have this whole group of women warriors. I have to find the name of the uh, of this. I'll tell you in a minute. But she is the general of it's a it's a whole battalion of women warriors that they have. And they are fear. I mean, when I say fierce, seriously fierce. And there's this one scene. I don't know if they. Have I to... know what you're gonna say because I've seen like I act. There's 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 uh, there's uh, gifs of it. I've seen. I know yes. What you're gonna say. So you know how you are not in love with uh, Robin Thede's wig. <laughs> not in love. You're being so kind. You're not. I in still. Love with I love wig. you, Robin. I don't care what's on your head. I still love you. Robin, you are awesome, and we can't wait to have you on the show. We cannot. <laughs> anyway, so she, there's this one scene, and I just have to say it, I don't want to spoil, but there's a fight scene. She's wearing this wig, and she, what I love what she says about it, uh, uh, Lupita Nyong'o says it looks nice, and she's like, it's a disgrace. I was, we were dying because <laughs> she's, you know, she shaved her head for the movie. So all of the women warriors, they're, they're bald. They shave their heads. So she took, when she got to the scene, that's how you know you are a bad warrior. When you take off your wig and it can impale another person, that's how you know you can fight. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know you can fight. Oh my God. That is some bad hair. It just. <laughs> literally so, <laughs> so i mean really it is awesome it has can i tell you what it has on rotten tomatoes what 97 percent rating on rotten tomatoes oh my god that's almost impossible for something that has that many people that have seen it and are rating it that is that's phenomenal it's phenomenal 97 percent. i mean all the way around critics are are liking this audiences are loving it and it's not just a you know sometimes it's like we like to support movies because you know oh, we want to support people no this is really a well-written story it is solidly shot it was shot um it, it beautiful scenery obviously there's a lot of cgi but it, it was shot 80 percent of it about 80 percent of it was shot in atlanta but they also shot in south korea they shot in i think it was um so south africa and Uganda and they shot in they shot in a couple of different locales but uh, a big bulk of it was shot in Atlanta but I mean you for the scenery alone it's if you're into the just just you've got to see it good story good scenery excellent actors lots of eye candy come on all right. Well, Tachi, well, I think you have definitely made your case. And now I believe it is time for my verdict. Okay. So, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. 
So I don't. Well, we can't say keep uh, cha- uh, keep or change the channel. So no, so let's see. So, so this is actually will will uh, will I be? This is TV at the movies. Will I also be going to the movies to see Black Panther? Yes. I say yes. Yes. But only in a matinee. Only okay. at a matinee. That's fine. Guess what? The hype of the opening weekend is going to be over. You tomorrow, I'm, we'll have so you know the opening weekend also includes President's Day, so it's a long weekend. So the hype will be over. You could go during the day. Go like maybe on a Tuesday, ten o'clock. Go to a theater where you know just like elderly people go during the day. Now, of course, you are now part of this means you'll be treating me and paying for all my snacks, right? Oh yeah, let me send you some snacks from Walmart. Um, <laughs> just just DM me your address and I <laughs> Walmart snacks. You have to sneak it in in your jacket. That's how we do. <laughs> That's how we do. I may pay for the show, but I'm sure damn not paying for snacks. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that means that's the end of this show, and I'll it be does. I'll be looking in the mail for my Walmart snacks. There you go. It does. It does. Walmart or Target or whoever. Uh, <laughs> it does mean it's the end of the show and it has been a great show I have enjoyed myself immensely we've had a lot of laughs we have no we haven't cried we've had a lot of laughs how about that and a lot of great information and it's all because of you all that we do this we absolutely love you so I'm going to um let Kevin actually let me tell you first where you can hear us right Kevin yeah where can people hear us Tachi There are a multitude of ways you can hear us. We are on Stitcher, iTunes, SoundCloud, and if you go to tvchanneling.com, it takes you to our Podbean page, so you can listen to us on any of those platforms. And please feel free to leave a review and subscribe so you can hear when episodes drop straight away. Kevin, 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 where can they hear us, hear us, hear us? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) not where can they hear us, but where, how can they reach us, reach us, reach us? (laughs) They can reach us, reach us, reach us on social media. We are on Facebook. We're on the Gram, Insta, and we are on Snapchat, and we're on my favorite platform, Twitter. So we would love to hear from you. So again, like I said earlier, if there's a show that you'd like to see resurrected from the dead for a final season, uh, let us know. We would uh, love to talk about that here on the show. If there's any uh, TV show you'd like us to review, um, let us know about that. And um, if there's any questions or any uh, news stories that you want us to talk about, please let us know. Fantastic. And with that, I think it's time for us to get out of here because we're all entertainment, movied, and TV'd out, and I'm sure you are too. We love you for listening, and I'm just going to sign off by saying bye from Tachi. And goodbye from Kevin. And remember, if you're watching it, we're talking about it. Cheers, Wakanda forever. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.